I'm Bill Kite, your host. Today we have with us Alyssa and Dave Rindell, who are the founders of Evergreen Zero Waste. Welcome, Alyssa and Dave. Thanks for taking time to be with us today. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, thanks, Bill. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be on your show. You guys talk about lots of fun, important topics on this show, and it's a uh, it's good to be in that subject matter. Yeah, I feel important. So. And we love Katie and Kay. All right, that's what we like to hear. Well, first, uh, if you would, I'd like uh, please for you to tell us a few things about yourself and why uh, you founded the company you did back in 2010. Uh, what prompted you to get started in in doing what you do? And tell us a little bit about yourselves in the process. All right. Um, this is Alyssa, and I'll start. Um, yeah, we started. We moved to the Carbondale. We, lived, we moved to Carbondale in 2009. Um, we had previously visited um, at least annually after being married at Redstone in Redstone in 2004. And um, we loved the area, and we wanted to come be a part of the community. And um, where we were working in Boulder at the time, we kept uh, fielding calls um, asking about our sustainability projects at EcoCycle. Um, so just sort of recognizing that this area that we loved was looking for our type of skills. We moved here. Um, we started with our green events and, um, you know, raising two little kids. But really quickly, we saw the need for compost collections. It was something that we had loved doing in uh, Boulder County and uh, we loved educating people about it. And um, we started with the Toyota Tundra and a couple bins in the back of the pickup going around to- Three houses. Three houses? Three houses. <laughs> wow. Earth Day 2011. But it was, it's just been this really neat thing, just like she said with us, that was a, something that we missed from where we had that is really important to a lot of people and it uh, means a lot to them personally and with their family and they take it to work and um, it's grown in this really great organic way uh, in these mountain communities, just the way so many other things do with people and word of mouth and a lot of like-minded people looking to live in better, healthier places and do good things for the folks around them and for their environment. Well, in a minute, we'll talk a little bit about the um, your compost service, but I remember uh, mentioned green events, uh, Alyssa, and that was something I, I remember when I first met you guys was doing events uh, and you were picking up uh, different bins of uh, recycled material and, and compost and then, and then trash. And, uh, and I, I realized then that there's so many events that people have that they don't know about this service that they could actually participate in it. So tell us a little bit how, how that works with your green events, if you would. Sure. And um, it's, it's not necessarily something that people have to, to do with us, but, you know, can take and, and do on their own too. But um, the most important thing with green events is preparing. Um, a lot of people probably don't recognize that hours and hours are put into the events um, like Strawberry Days and Mountain Fair um, so that there's not a lot of waste to begin with. You have all the vendors show up or like say you were hosting an event of your own, you would make sure that everything that's going out 
um, to the public and getting into people's hands would be compostable or recyclable. Um, in my opinion, I really like to just go for even just the one waste stream, compost being the, um, the waste stream that can sort of encompass everything from the dinnerware, the plates and the utensils that are used to the food scraps that are left over and also the cups that are used. Um, we, you, could, you can have compostable everything in that regard. So yeah, hours are spent working with the vendors beforehand and then you set it up and have those bins as clearly marked and um, differentiated as possible so that it is sort of a no-brainer. If you go to a, a, my events um, that I work, a lot of times you'll see a big open compost bin and then a recycle bin that has the lid on it and a small trash can with the lid on it. And basically those bins are trying to tell you the story. If we don't have a volunteer st standing there able to tell you the story that what you have in your hand is most likely gonna be compostable. Um, but yeah, then there's also just the, you know, having dedicated staff on hand, pulling those bags, making sure that they go into the right roll-off or dumpster, and then the hauling of it to the right facilities. And um, all the while, you're educating the event organizers, you're educating the event attendees, and you can show that a majority of the waste, 90% or even more, can be composted or recycled with of course, just a little bit of residual left um, that has to go to the landfill. Here's um, some some neat stuff about events. You know, you produce these uh, out outcomes from the events. You know, we were able to divert this much for recycling. We were able to divert this much for compost. And we only had this little bit of trash left, right? And you have these concrete sort of things that you can quantify. And oh yeah, we can translate those into all these different environmental benefits and whatnot. But maybe the neatest thing about doing events is like reaching all the people and kind of create, creating this microcosm of the zero waste world. And take, for example, strawberry days, you have, I don't know, what do they say? A hundred and I don't know, 50,000 people, hundred thousand people show up to this thing throughout the weekend. They come from all over the state. Some of them come from all over the country, you know, different events, draw people from all over the place. They, they visit your event. They see what your community's values are. That goes a long way for a lot of reasons, but then they go back to wherever they came from and you're like, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, they start telling people or they're knocking on their city council doors and they're like, you know, we went to Glenwood Springs, we went to Carbondale, we went to this cool event, you know, and they had like no trash. It was amazing. And then the seed kind of gets planted in these initiatives and these programs, they grow in other areas and they begin to take foot and these benefits kind of grow in this unmeasurable way, like on a much larger scale over time. Right. And you guys just finished up with the first Friday as an event. Was that your last event you did? We did first Friday on a Friday night here in downtown Carbondale. And then we did actually do a compost give back on Saturday morning. And that's part of our um, compost collections program. Well, yeah, the compost collections program is what my wife Kate and I participate in. We have two buckets and uh, we fill them almost uh, every week and put them out on the street, which is just really easy. And I think a lot of people probably don't realize how easy it is to get a compost bucket from you guys. So if you could tell us that, that process, that would help people understand a little bit better, maybe. Oh, sure. Well, and people, I love it when people call me just to ask about the program and to, to sign up because it does give them a chance to ask any of those questions like, 
how do I set this up in my home? You know, should I do a, a countertop bin or do you use the bucket or what about yard waste? So they're giving a, having a chance to talk with people, I guess, allows me to specifically address all their individual needs and to help tailor that program to their, to their household or their business. Um, but yeah, they can go to our website, evergreenzerowaste.com or give us a call. Nine three zero seven nine zero zero. They can sign up or ask questions. We'll deliver a bucket, and um, then the next week we'll be looking for that bucket in the same place we delivered it, and hoping it's filled with the food scraps we collect all food waste, um, even meat and dairy and stuff that you couldn't do in a backyard bin. Um, we can collect paper products as long as it doesn't have a plastic coating. And we can collect yard waste like grass clippings and leaves and sticks and twigs and, you know, the weeds that you wouldn't want to do in a backyard bin because a backyard bin doesn't get hot enough to kill the, the seeds of the weeds. And um, we can take all that stuff and because it's going to a commercial composting facility where it gets really hot and the microbes help break it down, that stuff will be turned into soil with, within 120 days or I should say a soil amendment. It's really a, a natural type of fertilizer, something that right. really gives a nutrient boost to this to your soil and your garden and your lawn. And uh, Kate and I haven't taken advantage uh, yet of uh, the fact that when you do this service, then you get soil back or you get the soil amendments back. So tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, well, a few times a year, usually in the springtime, when folks are really thinking about gardening, we do big community givebacks for compost, and it it looks like us dumping uh, 20, 30 yards of compost on the parking lot somewhere, or like in an elementary school or a big public location, and inviting all of our customers to come and get their share, and it's like a feeding frenzy <laughs> for sharks. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty fun to watch. It's really rewarding. You know, you don't feel like you're out there working on a Saturday. Like it's just great to talk to people and people are so thrilled. Composting is this really cool thing that again, really touches people and means a lot to them. You know, it's in their homes, it's in their work. They share it with their kids or their kids do it at school and have brought it home. And when they go on vacation, they're like, Hey, where do we do with our food scraps? This sucks. But, um, you know, they're just so, it means so much to them and to see them getting it back and being able to use it at their homes and at their schools and in their gardens, it's so uplifting and um, people are really excited. It's just fun to connect with them about it. So, But it, well, it is fun for sure. Yeah, go ahead, Alyssa. I was just going to say that that's actually one great thing about the program. You know, there's a lot of ways that your steps you can take to become more environmentally friendly or to have a less carbon footprint um, in your day-to-day -day lives, but not all of them are something that you can see and touch so easily. So this is a, a practice that, you know, you bring a compost bucket, like you said, into your home and you start putting those food scraps and those paper towels and, you know, or maybe even have it in the bathroom, getting your cotton swabs and um, the hair that you pull out of your hairbrush, but you see the effect of it as your trash shrinks. You know, it's not, it's not uncommon for people to be like, oh, I have a shopping bag worth of trash each week or every other week. Right. Yeah. We, we noticed that right away that 
we'd cut down on on putting stuff in the for the garbage uh, uh, for the sanitation folks uh, every week. And and you'll be really proud of uh, Kate. She uh, took the compost bin on a camping trip uh, uh, down the, down the river over near Moab with a, a bunch of friends, and uh, and they were quite impressed that she took that bucket with her and she got all the stuff that would normally be wasted um, or put in trash and brought it home and put it out on the curb. So uh, you you can you can be creative about this and have a lot of fun with it. I am very proud. You're of listening. <laughs> You're listening to KNK's public affairs program for land's sake. Our guest today is Alyssa and Dave Rindale, and they are the founders of Evergreen Zero Waste. There we go, Evergreen Zero Waste. And that number again, if uh, people would like to call and find out more, Alyssa, what is that number again? 970-930-7900. And uh, and the website again is uh, I believe it is evergreen zero waste all run together dot com. So, uh, speaking of composting on your website, um, you you also say that you educate people about composting and recycling, uh, even offering bilingual training. So, could you tell us more about that? Well, yeah, I mean that's how we're going to change the future, and I, I think that that's been pretty apparent actually in the was it been 12 years yeah we are 12? not here's your bin good luck <laughs> it's all about holding hands and tailoring a program to somebody's event someone's business somebody's home and school helping them helping them optimize their participation not just in composting but with their recycling too and there's a lot of different ways we can do that and Alista is kind of the master on <laughs> all these things and Let's hear what she has to say. Well, I was just going to say too that working with schools is probably one of the most uh, rewarding. And I think that the 12 years that we've been in business that we've seen a paradigm shift. And I, I attribute that to working with children, whether it's at schools or working at events, because they are keen and they pick it up pretty quickly on what, why it's important and how to do it. And um, I think they bring it into their home a lot too, but, and then, you know, they start doing it, say they started 12 years ago in kindergarten doing this, like they're pretty much an adult now, and that's how they're going to interact with the world. So I do feel like, like Dave said, that this has been a program that's grown organically, but, you know, seeds have been planted over time too. Right. Well, about the bilingual training, how do you, how do you accomplish that? We've had staffers that are um, are bilingual that have gone in to do uh, trainings in person, and then we have uh, outreach materials. Um, one of the great things that we've uh, tried to bring to the community and offer to the community is the Love Zero Waste. Uh, it's on our website, lovezerowaste.com, or the Love Zero Waste app that you can find on any smartphone. Um, it's free, it is bilingual, and it is a regional waste diversion guide that we put together. And basically you can go on there, you can type in a material you're looking to get rid of, and it will give you guidance on whether it's recyclable, it's compostable, or maybe it has reuse value, or maybe you have to take it to a scrap metal drop-off, or you have to participate in a household hazardous waste drop-off. Um, 
but yeah, we don't want anybody to be left out. I'm sure you have some pretty interesting stories uh, uh, that if things that have occurred to you over the past 12 years uh, that you've been in business. Could you maybe tell us a couple of stories about uh, your experiences? Yeah, boy, it's not just work. It's an adventure. Um, and I don't even know where to begin. I wish I had like a diary or something this whole time. I guess, you know, I could probably scroll through my photos and just be like, whoa, whoa. You know, like we have grown a lot over the years and maybe we grew at, there, there were times when we were growing faster than we could handle it for sure. And we service all the city markets from like Vale down to Rifle and uh, up to Aspen. And some of them are two, most of them are three times a week and they have huge dumpsters. And I remember back in the day when we just had like one compactor truck, you know, we've got like five huge trucks now, but you know, everything is riding on this one truck and it's like 15 years old and you're just out there <laughs> overloading it and overrunning it. And boom you know little things go wrong here and there and you can squeeze in some repairs but there was like a transmission blowout one time and you know being in the mountains like you're a week away from everything usually if it's something like huge like you got to bring a specialist in for something we were driving around with a truck and our trailer and uh, a bunch of shovels and some plastic carts like emptying dumpsters by hand pitchforks we use pitchforks And loading up this trailer and then emptying the trailer by hand at like nightfall (laughs) at the the compost piles, just like nonstop. So we could like keep our heads above water. And that happened a time or two. (laughs) Well, gosh, Bill, I don't know how we made it past that point because that my back was killing me. We had to get childcare set up and yeah, we were working pretty much, I don't know, 16 hour days, like unloading heavy food waste from dumpsters because we, you know, it's our, it's our program. We couldn't let it fail. And uh, And there's so many, it's so important to so many people too. It's not, it's so much bigger than we are really, honestly, it's like, it's our duty to like keep this going for all these other stakeholders, whether these communities, businesses, the people at these homes, you know, the HOAs, like it's, we just want to keep it going. And yeah, there have been some scary times along the way before we had as, as, as much infrastructure or staff and vehicles and that sort of thing. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> those memories bring back, uh, bring back some tough times, don't they? Yeah, but I don't know, looking back at them, it's, you know, at least we can kind of laugh at it and smile. And, you know, at the time you're just pulling your hair out and grinding your teeth, like, whoa, what are we doing? But, you know, we made it, we've made it through a lot of things like that, thankfully. And everybody who's running a business out there has, you know, these challenges, whether it's, you know, nuts and bolts business things or operational challenges or, you know, whatever kind of like political things come up in whoever in your industry and that sort of thing. There's just, you got to navigate stuff and yeah, it's always something. And I I would say sometimes, you know, there's personal challenges like, uh, you know, vendors that like Dave mentioned, sometimes come from out of state and they have never been held to any kind of requirement to use compostable cups or anything like that. And they normally might use styrofoam. And here you are trying to tell them the reasons of why this is important and why it's required. And you know, they, they, and they have to make that financial investment to participate like this. I've gotten a lot of grief over the years, um, from these vendors, but then I also get to witness the transformation 
where the year next year, they might come back. They might be like a little bit more accepting, like no problem with purchasing it. And they might actually start um, tattletailing on, you know, other vendors that might not have the right program, or I get called over, Hey, 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 somebody just dumped this in the wrong bin. You know, like they start to see that, Oh my gosh, not, you know, like it, because we are providing these compo- this compostable dinnerware, there's really not much trash at this event at all. And it's all being composted. And they see, I think it's been really important to the success of all of our programs to have this transparency that people can see that we're doing what we're saying we're doing. And, um, you know, just sort of um, get a lot of satisfaction in being a part of it. Because, you know, those two buckets turn into the mountains of compost that are up, you know, at the composting facilities that are then processing into this finished soil amendment. So, right, right. Which, by the you know, way, nothing yeah, short ahead, of Dave. literally making more America right there. The compost <laughs> facilities are, you know, there's all, yeah, a lot of cool, great environmental benefits to composting and that sort of thing. But it's also just flat out, we are making more America, you know, guys and tractors and CDLs and tattoos and stuff like that. It's a good time. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You know, you guys have won several awards over the years for, for what you do. Uh, I think it was Recycled Colorado's 2019 Recycler of the Year Award, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. And then the Car- Carbondale Chamber of Commerce 2017 Business of the Year and Carbondale Environmental Board's 2019 Dandelion Day Award. What are your goals for Evergreen Zero Waste here in the future? Well, I, uh, I think we want to keep growing this thing. You know, we, we, we've grown a lot over the years and we're really proud of that. Um, on the other hand, we were like, we're like, you know, we'd like to see this grow a whole bunch more. So it's everything from continuing to capitalize on opportunities for that, you know, that we can find is what we're doing. And at the same time, kind of managing the challenges that are in in the industry, um, like, you know, different mandates or ordinances that communities bring up or just basic challenges in business, like rising operation, operating costs and, um, Balancing a demand, the demand for our services uh, with the viability of providing them while being efficient, like a lot of, you know, a lot of folks want to do composting, but they're in these kind of faraway areas where it costs us a lot of money to serve them. And on one hand, you know, that's how we've grown these neighborhoods to, be, to have dense numbers of customers. Um, but on the other time, some of these neighborhoods just don't go anywhere and it's hard to justify going out, you know, spending 45 minutes to get a couple of buckets when you can, you know, get a hundred of them in the same amount of time, like in town, you know? So, um, yeah, just hoping to keep growing it. And like I said, it's bigger than we are and we just want to continue, uh, you know, pretty much being the conduit for this and, you know, meeting the demand for it that these communities have and being able to, um, provide this service that people really enjoy. And yeah, um, I, I'll just agree with that. Like being the conduit is a great description of what we have been over the years, you know, like there was need, um, or I guess there was a desire at the municipal level to see some program like this. And, um, it's not a program that many other people want to do. And, um, we were able to just sort of morph 
our, our lifestyle to, to, <laughs> to accommodate this and to serve the community. And I, I, it's a huge honor to, you know, have relationships with all of our customers that we do and to um, sort of have this role where we're, I feel like creating and providing a progressive program and um, yeah, really enjoy it. Yes. What, what sort of support have you, have you received that surprised you from people? Hmm. We have a lot to brag about as far as making relationships, I think, and partnerships, uh, not just with like our, the residential people in the community or whatnot, but with like nonprofits and government entities, you know, and um, it's apparently not something that happens enough in this industry where we're able to really advance, like shared, uh, reach shared goals um, through these initiatives together and work together with one another um, not necessarily playing favorites, but just like you do this, we'll do this, we'll do this we'll all together. We can achieve this sort of thing. And we have a lot of that going on. That um, has been really key to, I think, advancing these initiatives in the region and, you know, to our growth and our success. Yeah. So yeah, what, and- initi- what initiatives are you doing right now that people could get involved with? Yeah, um, we're always looking for, you know, staffers and volunteers to work events with us or, you know, if anybody has a passion to go into schools and to do waste diversion presentations, um, drivers. We're actually hiring for a driver right now. Yeah, this, <laughs> it's it's always, you know, things are always on the move and um, it's a, it's a big program and Definitely, we could use support in that regard. Yeah, we're small enough. We There's a lot going on. You know, the right kind of person or people that come in here have um, had a lot of success finding the finding us to, like, grow around them and what their skills well, are, what they enjoy doing, and, like, kind of building off of that. And, well, like, listen, let, let me tell you guys, I really appreciate you being here with us today, and, uh, and uh, thanks for talking to us about something that's really important. And uh, thank you, listeners, for listening to KDMK. Our new, uh, for land's sake, time is 4 o'clock every second Monday. So until June 13th, uh, whatever you do to Mother Nature, do it for land's sake.